0: Welcome to our Streams International Ministry Podcast with Prophet Jared Nusulu, PhD, and Prophetess Gabriella Nusulu. Experience prophetic revelation teachings, personal prophecies, healing, deliverance, breakthrough, heavenly worship, passionate prayer, love, acceptance. You are now listening to a teaching recorded at one of our live church services.
1: are changed. Tell your neighbor changed. Changed. Tell your neighbor again changed. Changed. So I'll read again but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of God are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And the original version of that says even by the Spirit by the Lord who is also the Spirit. I'll give you a bit of background to that thing, to that verse there. You should go home and read the rest of the chapter yourself. Okay? You promise? (laughs) You promise? Yes! Okay. Second Corinthians chapter 3, go and read the whole chapter. But I'll give you the background. Why are we saying, but we all with open face, beholding us in a mirror? When we are saying, but, it means that there is something else that has come before which says that we are different. You and me, we are different. But we, but us, with open face, looking as into the mirror. There were other people who were not having open face and were not looking face to face to the glory of God as in a mirror. But the Bible says, but but us, with open face, looking as into the mirror, the glory of God, are being changed. So there were other people who were not being changed into one glory to another glory because they were not able to look into the glory of God. But we are not like them. But you and me, with open face, you're not here, me somehow. So the Bible is talking about the ministration of Moses versus the ministration of the New Testament. So the ministration of the Old Testament versus the ministration of the New Testament. So the Bible talks about Moses that the ministration of Moses in verse 7 But in the ministration of death, written and engraved in stone was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? In verse 13, And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to that end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil and taken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. Nevertheless, when he shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now, the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, but we all open place. So that's where we are coming from. So, there is Moses, the way he ministered. So, the Bible tells us about Moses. He went up to the mountain to meet God, he, met, he went there to be in the presence of God. And while he was in the presence of God, there was a shine that was left on his face. And when he was in the presence of God, God ministered, gave him a ministry, and the ministry that he gave him, God brought with the ink on stones, or he engraved, he engraved stones, real stones that you and me know. Because he said to Moses, bring me two stones equivalent to the ones you broke. The first time God didn't make him get stones, but the second time He told him, You broke the first stones. This time, make stones the way they were before and bring them to me and I'll write on them. So God did that and God wrote on the stones. So the administration of Moses, when He came to minister that Old Testament, He will either stand or sit in a place, I don't know, but He had to put a veil on His face because his face was shining and then the people were there and he was reading out he was telling them God says you should not do this you should not do that, you should not do that and the people were hearing him that was the ministration of Moses but the bible says that the veil that he covered his face was not just only physical veil it was also a spiritual veil because as he covered his face a veil covered the hearts of the listeners so that even though they were hearing, they could not steadfastly look and understand the Old Testament. That this was a temporary measure that was put, that was to be done away. They did not grasp that. They took that as a thing that was stay forever. And they did not see Jesus either in the Old Testament. Because there was a veil on their hearts. Are you hearing me? Yeah. But the Bible says in contrast to us, the ministry that we have is not a ministry where things are written on a tablet or on a physical thing, no. Paul says that the ministry that he has is a ministry of the heart. He says in verse 3, for as much as he has manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, not written with me, but the spirit of the living God, not on tablets or stone, but in the fleshy hearts, in the fleshy, in the in the, in the, in the fleshy tablets, tables of the hearts. Did you see that? Yeah. It's, that's, an, that's the ministry of the New Testament. It doesn't involve a stone, a hard stone where God is engraving. But God is still engraving. Are you hearing me, somebody? God is still what? And grabbing, but the tablet is what is different. It's not a tablet of stone which Moses carried. It is flesh. It is hearts of people. That's the difference. Are you hearing me, somebody? So when Moses was standing here to minister, nothing was being written on the hearts of the people that were listening. But when Paul was standing to minister, the Holy Spirit was writing things on the hearts of those who were listening. Are you hearing me, somebody? That's the difference of the Old Testament to the New Testament. You and I, when we are ministering Christ, because Paul says him is ministering Christ. He's not ministering stones that are written on. No, 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 no. He's ministering Christ, saying, receive Jesus Christ. He is your righteousness. He is your justification. He is your healer. That is what Paul was ministering. Are you hearing me somebody? And as he was ministering, things were people And that's the testament where we are in. When we minister the Lord Jesus, when we talk about the Lord Jesus, we are not ministering things that are written. Mm, But the Holy Spirit is busy writing on top of flesh, on your hearts. He's busy writing. And don't don't you think of this big red thing that marks itself. You think that when you open up yourself, you will see something written. No, no, no. It's not even talking about that one. But remember how God said that I will now do a new covenant yeah. with the children of Israel. Yeah. I will take out their heart of stone. Yeah. I will put in heart of flesh. Yeah. I will put my spirit on them. Yeah. And I will write my law on their hearts that the people are ministering to, they are people of the new covenant. They have a, a heart of flesh, yeah. an open heart where the Holy Spirit can write on. Are you hearing me, somebody? Yeah. And that's why it comes to say that us with open face. So it says when, when Moses is read, people have a veil on them. But when, when that heart is sent to Christ, or the Jew, or that veil is taken away from them. And therefore, us with open face looking and to like in a mirror the glory of God are changed into that same image because there is no barrier there is nothing in between here as I speak the word of God to you like this as I teach Jesus Christ to you like this as we minister to Jesus in different ways that things are done under the new testament there is a work of the Holy Spirit that happens on your heart which is the writing of the Holy Ghost and you are changed from glory to glory. When you see what you see, are you hearing me, somebody? What you see in the word of God, if you understand it, it's written on your heart, and it changes you. It changes you. Are you hearing me, somebody? I will explain this again, but I explained it once. I said there, there are particular things that touch your heart, There are particular things by which your heart gets changed. One of them is believing, another one is understanding. These are the two things that change your heart. So the example that I give of understanding is that if you do something mean to the little child who does not understand you, that child will come back to you happy, There is nothing in his heart. It it hasn't changed the child. The child is just as happy as they were yesterday. They'll come back to you and so on. But when that child grows up and still remembers that thing in memory and remembers that what you did was bad, it changes the heart of the child. And the child all of a sudden wants to revenge or wants to talk to you because what has changed their heart is the understanding that they have. Therefore, with the Word of God, as you're looking into the Word of God, as you minister to the Lord, as you understand the Word of God, there is a change. You cannot help but change. It is not you who makes yourself change. The child does not make themselves change. Not they don't even know that I want to change. But the moment understanding mixing like that. That child is different. Are you hearing me? somebody this thing changes the child the same thing with you the word of god as we look and do it we are changed into the image of god whether you like it or not you are changing i said you are changing whether you like it or not are you hearing me somebody that's why i talked about being changed i said sit your neighbor be changed because the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is the power in the New Testament to change the heart of a person. Are you there, someone? It is the ability to change the heart that makes a difference. Because in the Old Testament, you would have people who are thieves or murderers. And Moses will stand here and he will say, Thou shalt not steal thou shalt not murder there is an eye for an eye this thing and that thing will happen to you and that person will remain a thief but just will not steal because he's scared of the consequences of the law but in the nature of the person the person is a thief and if the person what the person will do is that there will be devising ways and opportunities where well, they will still steal, but people will not see them, so that they are not punished by the law. If that opportunity avails, that person will still steal. But the difference in the New Testament is that the Holy Spirit changes the nature of a person; that the desire to steal is not there anymore. So the person is changed from being a thief to being somebody generous. He wants to give. He wants. To He wants to kill. He wants to kill. What happened? But us with open face. Because Jesus Christ is not hidden. The Bible says but if our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to those who the enemy has blinded their minds. That is the only reason. But otherwise, us with open face. Whether we like it or not, we are changing. Are you hearing me, someone? I have seen people changing myself. Not everybody who comes to church is changed. Is a changed person. They are changed to a certain level, but there could be other things in which the person is not changed. But I have seen it. I have seen as they remain in the house of God. I have seen, I have seen people changing. And I know this one has changed. How many people are parents here? You know when you tell your child, don't do this thing. huh? You give them rules. You know this one will do it again, given an opportunity. You know you will be monitoring, you will be putting things in place because you know your child hasn't changed. But one day, you see that this child has changed. Something has happened. Something has happened. You can tell the difference between when it is rules controlling somebody and when people have changed. I look at, at, my, at my, my young, you know, so many sons that I have. Teenagers. I look at them and I know this one hasn't yet changed. I look at another one and I see this one has changed. I can tell. I can tell. I can see. You can even grown-ups, so I can see. I can see that this one has not changed, but there is a time I can see this one has allowed the Holy Spirit to work in them, as this one has changed. Another day, even the countenance, do you know that Moses didn't see, didn't know that his face was shining? They said, your face is too bright. Cover yourself. Because as you stay in the presence of God, as you persist, that's why you bring your children to church. Just bring them. Just bring them back and bring them back because Moses didn't know, but one day people said, your face is shining. Didn't he used to go and meet God before this time? He used to go, but there was a time when he came out of the presence of God and his face was shining. And people said, we can see, we can see, we can see, we can see. And may people see the glory of God on you. I said, May people see the glory of God in you. There is a change that happens. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. I said, Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. I said, Thank you, Jesus, for the right thing that happens on our hearts. I want to teach practicing the presence of God because we want to be found in the presence of God. I said, it doesn't matter where you are, just keep doing it. Just keep being in the presence of God. Just keep reading the word of God. My pastor likes to give us an example, of the caterpillar and the butterfly, that they are so different, but one comes from the other. But there is no saying, there is no, there is no, you cannot say that the two, one has come from the other one. If you look at them, because one cannot fly, one grows, one flies, one is ugly, one is beautiful, one is destructive, one gives life, pollinates to make more life. If you put a caterpillar on a plant, it will kill the plant, if you put a butterfly on a plant, it will pollinate it so that it can continue with life. Two different things, but you know the secret of the caterpillar, it will be there just eating, just eating. Just it's feeding on the word of God. He says, I know I'm angry, but I'm just feeding. I'm just feeding. I'm just staying here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just feeding on this thing. Feeding on the word of God. I know people don't like me, but I'm just feeding because I know one day I will change. Are you hearing me somehow? One day it will happen. I saw my brother. My brother is not like me anymore. I know one day it will happen for me. I saw the one who it's not like he anymore. He kept eating. He kept eating. When it eats and it's full, then he stays still. That's the pupa stage. It begins to change from the inside. When you go and look at it, you don't know anything is happening. It's just a hard shell. So ugly. But the change is on the inside. The wings are growing on the inside. The legs are growing on the inside. It comes from so many legs. I don't know how many they change to just become the six. It's all happening on the inside. Yeah. The plans are happening on the inside, and then when it's fully formed, it emerges yeah. a butterfly. Oh, oh. Oh. So shall it be with you in Jesus' name? Oh, and yeah. so shall be with you in Jesus' name. So how do we practice the presence of God? If you stay in the presence of God long enough, we are all going to know that you spend your time in the presence of God. There is no question about it. The difference between children of God are those who spend their time in the presence of God and those who don't. That's what makes a distinction. There is no other distinction apart from this thing that I'm telling you. The difference between the children of God, young, old, I don't know, poor, rich, whether it come from a great church or it's not so much a great church, they preach, they don't preach, whatever. The difference is those who stay in the presence of God and those who don't. That's the difference. We will see the change when you begin to stay in the presence of God. Are you hearing me somewhere? Number one way you can practice the presence of God is by ministering unto the Lord. I'll look at Acts chapter 13 verse 1 to 2. That's the only verse I'll look at. You can write down Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 8. I'm into the prophetic school months now. You can write down Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 8. And you can write down, you can write down 1 Samuel 3, verse 1 to 4, and 19 to 27. Are you ready? Ministering unto the Lord. How do you practice? How do you stay in the presence of God? You don't, you know, you don't have to stay in the presence of God only when you are praying. Because you are saying, oh, the moment I get home, huh, I will go and be in the presence of God. Not really. You practice the presence of God. You stay. You stay in the presence of God. But there are many different ways by which you practice so that you, you, can, you can understand God or you can feel his presence. Maybe you want to feel amid in the presence of God. Acts chapter, chapter 13, verse 1 to 2. Now they were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Balaam, which had been brought up with the tetra, with Herod the Tetrarch in Saul. Verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work unto I have called them. As they minister to God and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Separate me. The Holy Spirit will talk every time that you, you separate yourself. You separate yourself. As a minister to the Lord, in fasting. So they were praying and fasting. If you want to know the presence of God upon your own life, you must learn to fast by yourself, not just when the program is saying that we should be fasting. But some of us, when we fast in January, we wait until June. Because that's the next time that the church says that we are fasting. And after we finish June, we wait until next January. No, 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 no. Have your own time where you are praying and fasting. Separate yourself. You know, one day I was seeking God about fasting. And I had fasted, fasted for so long. And I said, God, I want to go to the next level with this fasting. Because now when I like fast one day, I don't feel like I have fasted. or I fast. Lord, can I, can I get to the next level with the fasting? What do I do? And the Holy Spirit said to me, sanctify unto me a fast. Just those words. Sanctify unto me a fast. And I had to say, so what? So he told me the power is in the sanctifying the fast. Mm. that's for another day as they minister to the Lord and fasted the Holy Ghost says separate so the Holy Ghost spoke if you want to hear God very clearly and know his presence separate yourself pray and fast and listen to what God is going to tell you because there he spoke separate to me Paul and Barnabas and that's how Paul and Barnabas began their ministry it was out of prayer and fasting There will not be a time when you pray and you fast and you separate yourself that you will not get to know the presence of God and God is with you. You will not be. Number two, create the atmosphere of tranquility. Let's read Psalm 23, verse 1 to 2. Psalm 23, verse 1-2 to The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 2 He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters to practice the presence of God. When you want to pray and you want to know the presence of God, you got to create an atmosphere of tranquility. Don't allow that time for your children to come in, come out, call you, knock the door. You know, sometimes myself, I have to double, lock to twice my bedroom. First of all, I I tell I tell my kids, I'm praying. Nobody should come to disturb me. I'm praying. And when I'm saying that, it's after I've told them. If dinner is done, everything is done that they need for so their whole life that day is done. I do it beforehand because I know if I don't do it, if I just begin harder, somebody will lock the door, and I'm hungry. So because I have left all that, I say no, 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 no. I do dinner, I do whether it's around lunchtime, I've done lunch, they have eaten everything. Then I have to lock my first door. Then sometimes I have to go into my bathroom or my bedroom and lock that door again and <laughs> stay there. Because I'll begin to hear the other one. <laughs> go, 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 go. <laughs> and that one, that one is a, is a very, is a very bad door. Because when you open it too much like this, it opens by itself. <laughs> That's my bedroom door. So now I have to go to the other one. And people know when I'm in the other one, they shouldn't know, but they will still know. <laughs> Some of them are sleeping, so they are not going to remember what I was saying. <laughs> but, but create. I tell my children, so tell them, this happens once in a while, not every time. For them it's an emergency, right? When they are coming to do those things, but you know what kind of emergency it will be. It will not, it will just be nothing. But anyway, in emergency situations it happens, but most of the time they know, when I pray, create. And most of the times I pray on the day when it is my day off If I really want to go into the presence of God When I'm not working, everybody's at school, everybody's everywhere This is not even a prayer that you pray with your husband or with your wife Are you hearing me, somebody? This is your own prayer There is a point in life at which the connection is just true and God That's all, you can't borrow You can't borrow it I learned it from my husband, I saw him changing Changing before my very eyes, I say, Uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> either I'm going to stay behind or I have to pursue God my, by myself. But I realized it doesn't work by osmosis. Yes, my Yes, my I realized it just doesn't rub off. I need to be serious myself. i need to be serious. <laughs> because I said, my friend will be transferred and I will be left here. And I used to, hey, I used to be a we said there were two together. One went, one was left like ah. <laughs> I said, No, my life is changing. And I've never looked back since. Amen. So this tranquility is your own. The Lord leads you to still waters. So there is a point in your prayer where you must be still to listen to God. If you have a lot of issues in your head and you're coming before God and they're ringing in your head like this, the Lord will not speak to you. It's true. You must just put them away. I don't I don't care how you will do it, but put it away because the moment your head is trying to solve an issue at the same time you're trying to talk to God, come will let your head solve it. Because it doesn't like to compete. To your head so So you will be there while you are praying. Create an atmosphere of tranquility. Are hear you hearing me somebody? When you are focused on God. So that means that you are not thinking of other things while you are also praying. Should be still. Should be still. And the more important when you're trying to make a decision. Should I quit? Should I continue? Should I quit? Should I continue? The moment it's going on like this in your head. Too much. God will not speak. Put it aside. Lay it there. Say, okay, whatever God it is you are going to do, I just want to be in your presence quietly. And you know, the moment you begin to say, no, I want to focus on praying, do you know what happens? Everything that you forgot to do will flash your head. Remember, I didn't buy milk. Remember, your kids are coming. You need to write down this. Remember, that will happen. And I say, no, 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 no. I'll not allow you, my mind to do that. Because why did you remember the other time when I was walking around? So I said, like, okay, that's fine, but I've got the Holy Ghost. I said, the Holy Ghost will remind me. The moment I get out of this room, the Holy Ghost will remind me the things I need to do. And some of them are so, so, so important that I'm tempted to just take my phone and just put them to pray And I stopped all that nonsense. I don't do that. I said, the Holy Ghost... Will remind me I and mean, if I forget, I don't care. It's not a matter of life and death. Creates an atmosphere of tranquility. And one thing that we learned was whatsoever so it is that make you be still, use that thing. Remember when Jesus used to pray, he used to go up the mountain? It's only because of that reason that he needed to be in the atmosphere of tranquility, where he's able to just focus and not be distracted by the disciples and all of them saying teach us how to pray, teach us. And usually Jesus will say, let's come out to pray. But he will go further and leave them there. Because he doesn't want to be disturbed. And will still tranquility. So we taught if you have pictures of things that you like, if the mountain is what gives you the tranquility and you cannot climb the mountain here, you can ask Papa the question. He tried to go to the mountains around here, tells you, and he found that there were barbed wire fences around them He said, This is our Brown's property. He said he was tempted to even climb over. But he decided he doesn't want his sons and daughters to hear that kind of. <laughs> 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 Amen. <laughs> Wait upon the Lord. Exodus chapter 24. I'll go fast now. Exodus 24, 12 to 17. Are you learning something? Yes. How many things have I said already? Three. Three. One. Ministering to the Lord. Two. of tranquility. Three. upon the Lord. Okay. So do we have the verse. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and beat them, and I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. Did you not that verse? And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me to the mountain and be there. Without saying, come for this law." Without saying, come and after two days I will give you the law." No, come up to the mountain and be there. It took 40 days for God to just give topics, which he had also already written. So to make sure that Moses was prepared enough to be in the presence of God, he took 40 days. It's not that God was not seeing that Moses is there. God saw Moses is there. But he took 40 days of God preparing Moses and then taking him up in visions to show him heaven, to show him this. But how he told him was, come up here and be there. The most difficult thing for a Christian is to wait for God. It's true. It's, it's, it's not easy at all for God to just tell you, go and pray, go and be there. Just go and be there. Because he, he's not in a hurry. He doesn't work by our programs. Where God lives, there is no time. Are you hearing me? He works outside of time. That's why I have heard of, of people who, you know, I don't remember when we were in school, there was a, there was a powerful man of God. Happy evening, Papa. Let me talk about, about Papa his testimony. When God called him, he wanted to preach school. Because God called him, go to the nations and preach the gospel. But God is outside of time. He was ready to preach school at that point, but I can tell you, he wouldn't have been able to preach in Australia. He had to learn English. So when you work with God, don't rush God. Don't flash him. So God said to Moses, just go on the mountain and be there. Learn to wait on God in your prayer. And this prayer is not that you are there to talk yourself. No, you are there to wait for God to talk. That's why it's called waiting on God. That's the difference between any other time that you pray and waiting on God. Because waiting on God is you're waiting for God to come. So you close your phone for that day in the room and you sit there and you wait. You are going to ask me what is waiting? Waiting is waiting. You can be reading your bible but you are waiting. You are waiting for God to come. You can be worshipping but you are waiting. You are waiting for God to come. So so it means that you are not able to go out of that place before God comes first. Because you are there to wait for Him to come. And I'm telling you it's the most difficult thing because we like to be told uh, it will happen at 10 o'clock and so we like to be there 5 minutes before 10. So that by 10 o'clock we are there. And we like to say within 10 minutes I need to be out of here because I've got another program. No! There needs to be days in your life where you're waiting for God to come. Are you hearing me, somebody? If you really want to know the presence of God, to practice the presence of God, be in the room and wait for God to come. And these are some of the most powerful prayer moments I have had myself, is waiting on God. But I have had to train myself. I have struggled with, I should not speak. I should wait for God to come in this place and speak to me. It's not every time that we have to speak. And sometimes when I'm practicing the presence of God like that, I speak one sentence and I wait for God to answer. Are you there, somebody? I know, I know, I know. (laughs) I know sometimes when I pray, some of you might be like, when is she going to say the next statement? Because there are times I pray, but there are other times I don't pray like that. Have you noticed? Maybe you haven't. I kind of think you're waiting for the next thing to come, and it doesn't come that quickly. Have to learn to wait before god pray the scriptures psalm 119 this is so powerful if you want to feel the presence of god this is one of the easiest ways and each one of you when you go home today practice because this one is for you to do at all pray the scriptures pray the scriptures tell your neighbor pray the scriptures if you want to practice the presence of God, like I really want to know the presence of God in my life, one of the ways you can do it is pray in the scriptures. Now, we were taught a very good way that when you are practicing the presence of God this, day, this way, it may, sometimes it, it's, it's good for you to put on some music. So I want you, if you have your Bible, I want you to open the Bible somewhere in the book of Psalms. Of your own want us to do some practice. So if you have a Bible, take your Bible, open your okay, maybe let's do it together. Let's let's open Psalm 23. Let's open Psalm 23. So in that room where you normally pray and have a consistent place where you pray. Don't just pray everywhere. Have a place, have a closet where you pray. This is where I pray. This is where I pray. Your kids know when they look in every room, they don't find they know where you are. A place where you pray. So when you are practicing the presence of God this way, and you put your music on, so are you able to put that music in the background? What you do is you put music that brings you yourself to that higher level. There is certain music that your song, it brings you to a higher level. That's why I say some of these things you do alone, you don't do with somebody else, because it may be different yeah. to for your husband and different for you. The song that makes you bring you to that level. But there are songs that now we all have access to songs. Good songs. Online we have them. You can buy them there are some songs that are downloaded straight from heaven. And you know them when you hear them. You can tell. You say, who taught this person these things? And some of those songs are the songs where they are singing scriptures. They bring the presence of God to you. So those songs that you know, this one brings me somewhere, you make sure that you are putting that song on repeat. And as you're doing that, you begin to read the Word of God. Now, as you read the Word of God, you will hit some scripture that ministers to you above all the other scriptures. When you hit that particular scripture, you pause from there and you begin to dig yourself more on that particular scripture. Are you understanding? Yes. So, for those who are at the school, they know, but those who are not, I'm doing this for your sake. So, I am saying that as the music is down there, it's not disturbing you. It's playing softly there. You have got the word of God you are reading. I like to read the word of God audibly myself. And I like to meditate quietly and then audibly I again. Mean, that's how I do. So as you're reading the word of God, you come to a point where it's ministering really to you. Pause there. Don't continue. Don't say to tell all to more of some No. It were more than 100 verses, my friend. Don't do that. When you hit somewhere, go, oh. That's that's, that's. It, Sometimes it will say the very things you wanted to say, but you don't know how to say. Because there are good things that David says. Sometimes he says, My soul longs for you. As a dear pattern for the waters, you discover that this is really what you're feeling. Like you don't know what words, and David say, Oh, yes, God. As a deal planted for the water, you just go until it all wears off. Then you come back to the way to continue reading. Want some practice? Do you want some practice? Okay, put the music on. I've just chosen a song that Apostle likes, he was using it a lot. Okay. I will do this. Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's pretend this is a song that you like. (laughs) You are there worshiping God, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness. For his name's sake, thank you, God, for leading me in paths of righteousness. I am walking in your righteousness. I am living in your righteousness. I have the righteousness of God. Thank you, Lord. You see what is happening? As I was reading to me, what hit me was that one. He didn't mean in of righteousness. I couldn't go past that one. To you, it could have been the first one. He makes makes me lie down in green pastures. And you you are not able to pass through there. And you just stay there. And you continue to thank God until the whole thing is finished in you. And then you move on. Before you know it, you spent your time in the presence of God for so long. It's not a problem anymore. Did you understand that one? Okay, let's go on to the next one. Beholding Jesus and the heavenly host with sanctified imagination. This is very important. You can, remove, you can remove the music. I'll go very quickly. Ephesians 1, verse 17 to 19. I'll go very quickly. I'll not read the scriptures. I'll just explain. Beholding Jesus and heavenly hosts with sanctified imagination. This is what I explained on, on, uh, on Friday as well. But as you are worshiping God, you should be able to behold. You should be able to see with a sanctified mind. You should be able to see the Lord as you are worshiping him. Or as you are praying, you should be able to see him. To picture with your mind. And this is not just your own imaginations of God, who you think God is like. Because they may be wrong. But it is things like that are written in Revelation. Where John explains, when I went to heaven, this is what I saw. This is how I saw the throne of God. I saw the cherubim. I saw the Seraphim." And so the elders bowing down, and what did John John said, John said that Jesus Christ taught us that where there is God, God is light. It dwells in light, and where He is, there is no shadow of terror. So, what are the things that you fill your mind with about Jesus? And you know, God stays in Majesty. You know where He is. There is a glass that John explained that there is a glass, a seal glass, where He is. That there is is fire where he is. You know, Ezekiel explained, a will within a will. He said, He said all these things about God, that God themselves they couldn't see God, but they could see the light. And they could see a love of God sitting, sitting on the right hand of God, Almighty. You know, a love as if he was slain. That's Jesus Christ. And John also explained when he saw Jesus that I saw Jesus when he was walking amongst the candlesticks. I saw his hands were so red, and I saw I saw his tongue was coming out like like a sword, and I saw that his hair was so white, his robe was so white, his feet were like brass. Are you hearing me, somebody? Those are the things that you need to be reading and be putting in your mind. So when you are talking about a God who judges, a God who is here in His Majesty, that's what builds your sanctified imagination. And the moment you feel that. Those things in your mind, when you begin to worship God, that's what you see. And I realize one thing, because the Bible wants people to use sanctified imagination. God wants, and God wants young men and young women to prophesy. That's why God is filling their mind, and that's why the world now, the devil, fills their mind. That's why they are, they are, they are addicted to watching things, even pornography. Because if that is what is in the mind, they cannot see God. They cannot see Him. Because whatever dominates your mind is what you see when you are worshiping God. When you stay still to focus, whatever goes in mind is what comes there. Unfortunately. That's why I take this one very, very, very seriously. And remember what I was saying on Friday, that we were taught that when God says a word, He wants you to see a, a picture, So when when God tells you something, he wants you to see a picture. So when you are reading reading Revelation and you are reading about the throne room, God wants you to see the picture of the throne room. So you you can know how the throne is like. So when you begin to picture that in your mind over and over again, what will happen then is that when you begin to worship, it's not more of imagination. It's the Holy Spirit painted things. You begin to see more than even what you saw the Bible, you begin to see more, and then next time you are going to read the Bible, and you will find the thing that you saw yourself that it's written there, and you will be like, that thing is also there because the Holy Spirit begins to what? To paint. And I was saying that's what I told the worship team: if you want the glory of God to come down when you are singing songs, you must see what you are singing. The song my son started on Friday, Jesus. Everybody in here was seeing Jesus. Because we had met it. It was just, it was such a wonderful, perfect song to sing at that very moment. Because we could see Jesus. And when you can see Jesus like that, that's why people kneel down and fall down and cry. Because it's no longer about their neighbor. Their mind is not filled with, oh, we saying this, who is doing that, how long have we been worshipping? My friend, when you are looking at Jesus, time is of no Supernatural prayer. Number six, how you practice the presence of God. Supernatural prayer. That one is very easy. When God moves you to go and pray, because you have such a strong burden, God will come down in that prayer. As long as you obey what God has told you. So it's supernatural prayer because it's being led by God. And we see when people pray such prayers that the place was shaken. It was prayer led by the Holy Spirit. Because most of the time, we begin ourselves to say, I want to go to God to pray, which is very powerful because the door is open and so much should be doing. But other times God tells you, drop what you're doing, go and pray. You go and pray in the presence of God is there. Are you hearing me, somebody? Acts yes. chapter 4, verse 31. That's the one. Number seven, have the nature of the lamb. The Bible says that Jesus Christ had the nature of the lamb. John said that behold the Lamb of God, that takes away the sins of this world. And the Bible says that John continues to say, when he saw the Lamb of God and when he baptized him, the Holy Spirit came on him and settled on him. The Holy Spirit does not stay where there is strife. No, in your house you are fighting. The Holy Spirit does not stay there. You will go and say, "I really want to practice the presence of God." You know what will happen? The Holy Spirit will be telling you You'll go and apologize to your husband, or apologize to your wife. If you are hearing the Holy Spirit, you can't continue kneeling there. That's what happens because Jesus said that when you come before God to offer your sacrifice, and you remember that you have something wrong with someone, first go and reconcile, and then come back. Because the God you are trying to pray to. Is also the god of the person you have hurt. Yes. Have the nature of the now. Be kind, be gentle. Be gentle for the Holy Spirit to settle. Because in the morning, imagine, in the morning before you went to work or you started your day, you were there praying, praying, you stayed in the presence of God, right? You move out of that room so majestic as if they are not even as zip, but you can do anything at that point because God is with you. God is with you. When God is with you, there is nothing that will face you in this world. They can even tell you, they will tell you anything. The other day, the other day I was driving my car and then I was, as I'm driving like this, you know, there was somebody who is, um, I don't know, are they called hooligans or they drive their cars really, really, yeah, hooligans. Uh, because it was at night, so they are driving it, and then they are trying to come to where I was like, mm, to come in front of me like that, and so because they are trying to compete with me or something, and I don't know what they are saying or what they are doing, it was at night, and their hands are screeching. So I was like, like it reminded me of things where some people can be really bad people, you know, like, this is in Africa. I be trying to chase you, but you know, as I was driving on the wheel, I was just coming for prayer, I was like, even if it was a gun, even if I died right now, I want to go. Yeah. I was just so calm. <laughs> I was like, what a tranquility, I can't go anywhere. You can tell me that what is happening to me, I don't care. Do it, because I know where I'm going. Because the presence I have right now, if there is anything greater, that's what I want. Who would be a death in that in that, in that case? That's why those, those some of those martyrs say it doesn't, they say it doesn't matter. And after they had killed the person for the sake of Jesus and they saw how the, the person died, the killers said, Now kill me. I want to go to where I this person I have killed has gone. Have you heard such stories? In times of persecution, they will take a child of God and say, We are killing you today. In a public <laughs> Bless. And the child of God will be at so much peace, and will be singing songs, Hallelujah, I'm going to my king. And there will be no struggle. And the person can even die before they are killed. Jesus said, i give my spirit to God. The person is gone already before they are trying to do anything. They just finished the body and the person dies. And the person who is killing him says that now I renounce whatever my God, now I want Jesus. And they're saying, but you know, I big you. Yes, I want to go to where that one has gone. Practicing the presence of God. When you are with God, you don't fear nothing. I said, you don't fear nothing. Yeah. David said, the Lord is with me. What shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Oh, whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies came to me to swallow me up, they stumbled and fell. That's why David said, such audacity. Pray for the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit and be sensitive to him. Colossians 3 verse 17. Pray for the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit and be sensitive to him. I'm not going to go any further into that but the Holy Spirit speaks small, small, small things and we have to be sensitive and we have to do it. Sometimes I'm minding my own business, I'm going to work. I've just gotten out of my car. I want to mind my own business. Somebody's walking out of their car. And God says, go and pray to God with that person. And I'm like, oh my God. It's in the middle of the, of the street. And maybe the person doesn't want me to pray for them. Those are not God's thoughts. As soon as you begin just dismiss them and just go. Because your body, your natural mind, doesn't know the things of God. Your spirit has heard it. But your natural mind doesn't know. So I went straight to this lady. This is one of the examples. And I said, God wants me to pray for you. She was almost crying. I said, What can I pray for you? She said, my pray. children. I prayed for her. I said, God bless you. And I took back away my office. We are Christ's ambassadors. Pray for the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. Because if you don't do these things, how do you expect to practice the presence of God? If He is with you, He will tell you things that you must do. Don't be just do it. Nine, let him increase in you as you decrease. Be humble, be humble. The more humble you are, the more anointed you are going to be. The more things of God you are going to experience. The more humble, be humble, be humble, be humble. Sometimes I, I, I do have some experience that I, that I have and I want to share it, I want somebody to know God showed me this thing, a vision or something and God tells me no, what for? Be humble, be humble, let him increase in you as you decrease. And the last thing is worship and meditating on the word of God. Worship and meditating. So before I go into that one, just remind me how what the ones that I said. So number one, I said what ministering unto the Lord. Number two, tranquility. Number three, meet upon the Lord. Number four, praying the scriptures. Number five, embody Jesus. Number six, supernatural prayer. Number seven. Number 8, pray for sensitivity. That's Colossians 3.17. Colossians 3.17 is pray for sensitivity. 9, I said what? Let him increase. That's John chapter 3. We'll go and read where John said, let him increase as I decrease. And 10, worship and meditating on the word of God. Joshua 1 verse 8. If you want to accelerate your spiritual growth, this is a secret. If you say, I want an accelerated growth in my spiritual life, then meditate on God's word. There is no substitute. Remember the question that was asked on Sunday? On Wednesday, does the gift substitute the knowledge of the word of God? The answer was no. You can be, in fact if you are so gifted that you are a prophet, you are prophetic, you can prophesy, you can heal the sin, but you don't have the word of God, you are going to end in a ditch. You are going to go into error and you will mislead people. Because you will say, I saw this thing, it must be true. I saw this thing, it must be true. But you don't know. Because if you knew the word of God, you would have said that God cannot speak this way. That was not God. But this one was God. So you are able to decide and discern between the things that you see. And there are examples of great men of God, great ones, who have ended up in a ditch because they threw away the word of God and followed only what they saw. For me, I don't care how many things a person tells me that they have seen this or they have seen that. No matter how spectacular, even if it is me, I must be grounded in the word of God. That's number one. Everything else comes on top of that so that you may not fall into error. So what I'm saying is that if you want to accelerate, accelerate, say I want, I, I really want to accelerate my spiritual growth, I really want to grow very, very quickly, meditate on the word of God. What I mean is that read the word and then just be thinking about it and let God be talking to you, be asking questions in your mind. What do you mean? What does that word mean? And then be continuing like that. Whereas, um, I mean the same thing, the first, the, the basis of that is that you should first of all understand what you are reading first. First of all, understand just the basic English of what you are reading. Just the basic English, number one. For example, you are you are, you are, you are reading, "He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty." You must know what is it to dwell. To dwell is not to just sit. To dwell is to remain. It's just English first. So as you're meditating, you're saying, "He who dwells in the secret place, what is it to dwell?" Even if, if you can't get it in your head, you go to your dictionary. Well, oh, all means to say, okay, so you change now. He who stays and remains and doesn't move away from the presence of God, okay, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What is to abide? You go back into the to, you know, you, you go back into the dictionary or the original. But what is abide? Oh, it, means, it still means stay there. So you say, shall stay there, shall never hold Ah, He Dwells in the secret place, shall abide under the shadow. So what's the secret place? Is it different to the shadow? You know what I mean? Because you're trying to understand, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Ah, okay. Is there a reason why they have said Almighty and they just haven't said God? Is there a Hebrew word? Is there an original meaning of Almighty? By the time you have asked yourself these questions, uh, you can preach for one year just from that one verse. Because one day you come here and just define to who is the Almighty. Another day you come and just define to what is, what is dwelling. Another day what is the shadow of God. Just that one verse you come and preach here. You know how much you have grown? And by looking at that, you know how many other scriptures you have looked in the Word of God?
0: Thank you for listening To keep in touch with our ministry Visit our website at www.streams.org.au And follow us on all social media platforms At streams.international It is a blessing to share with you All our prophetic revelation teachings And it's our prayer to see you transform Into mature sons of God share this podcast with your friends and family be blessed and until next time shalom